0: pleasure to be here. Um, it was so funny. Uh, it just shows how human I am because I was just saying earlier that I showed up here um, at uh, 3.30 because I said, okay, 3.30, it's going to connect to like seven o'clock on uh, Pacific time. And I got in here and then I looked and I found out that that was like one thirty. So needless to say, only human. And I was just like, oh, that's it. I'm not going to do that. And I was like, what are you crazy? We suit up. We show up. We do the thing. And that's one of the things that I learned here in the rooms of Overdears Anonymous. All right. Um, I'll just uh, explain a little. I, uh, let's see. My home group is the There is a Solution meeting. It's on Fridays at 6 o'clock um, in New York City. And I'll put up – we have like a little website, org, and we uh, – record our speakers and put them on there and stuff like that. So, so people could get that big book action. I'm a big book kind of guy. Um, let's see at my maximum weight, it was 313 pounds. So let's have a picture, shall we? All right. So I'm going to take a look and share. And there it is. So let's take a look. See, shall we? All right. That's, this is not even me. at my, This is not even me at my biggest. Um, but it, it gives a, an idea, a picture of the pain. If you look over there, um, on the left hand, it's like, if there's a smile on my face, it's only there just for the public. In the more private areas, the more private times, um, not so happy, kind of like miserable, always kind of hiding myself away. Um, it kind of shows how I was rocking usually suspenders or um, big flowery shirts. I used to prefer um, the Hawaiian shirts. I used to wear Hawaiian shirts uh, ripped on the sides, whereas, uh, you know, for ventilation, that was my sort of thing. I mean, not intentional, but that's, just the way I I rolled. Um, Also, um, towards the end, uh, sneakers, usually with holes in the front and holes in the back, also for ventilation, not uh, on purpose, Um, and also just generally ripped up kind of clothes. Now, note: I'm a school teacher, so as I did that at school, that was not a cute look for me. Um, I remember people waddling behind me to make fun of how I walked, also always breathing very heavily all the time i remember um being in movie theaters and people would say stop snoring and i wasn't snoring i was just breathing that's the way i breathe but i would also fall asleep all the time so that, that was a thing too and i was like do you have narcolepsy do you have narcolepsy and the main point is i even uh took one of those tests you know the tests where you have the CPAP machine and you have uh, you have to have the, the thing where they put the thing on your chest and they check you to see how many times you stop breathing as you are asleep. And I remember going into the doctor for that. And they had the little, they would put a little line every time that you um, stopped breathing. And I said, hey, doc, what's this gigantic big blue bar? And he said, that's how many times you kept not breathing while you were sleeping. He said, basically, like, it's like you're breathing underwater. You're getting like maybe 40% of the oxygen that you're supposed to be getting. And uh, that's just how I was living. I was just like, ah, ah, that's a thing. Um, even as I, uh, well, I'll, I'll say this. Um, going back to my childhood, I was a. Uh, I remember telling my dad once. My dad was always telling me, like, Phil, you have to lose weight. You have to lose weight. And I and I would say, I was a fat baby. I was a fat uh, little kid, and I'm going to be a fat adult, and I will die fat. That's that was me just trying to get them off my back. That was one of the things. Um, As I grew up as a kid, uh, I am Puerto Rican and Haitian. I wasn't black enough for the black kids. I wasn't Spanish enough for the Spanish kids. And everybody would always say, why do you talk like that? Why do you sound like that? And what I would do is I would uh, always kind of hold myself up in my house with a combination of food, uh, television, usually cartoons and things like that, a lot of comic books, a lot of music, um, just to build this wall that would keep me from everybody else. So that's one of the things that I was uh, constantly doing, uh, uh, keeping myself from you. Um, I also got molested as a kid. Um, Another thing that uh, people could say, oh, that might've been a reason that you gained weight or something like that. Or uh, my parents got divorced and I felt it was my fault. Another thing, oh, that might've been a reason. The main point is it doesn't matter what the reason was. The main point is I sought um, pleasure and comfort and food. I had a hole in my soul that I filled with food and eventually other things, Uh, you know, comic books or shopping or things like that. And eventually grew up to uh, more adult things, which you could put your mind to and figure out because, believe me, there's programs for that too. So with that said, as I grew up, I remember uh, partying a lot, hanging out a lot. And I found uh, a gal who could eat like me and uh, party like me. And uh, what I found was that when when that would happen is uh, I would we would sabotage each other constantly. Um, I would be like, oh, hey, we're always going on diets all the time, always going on diets. And then when we lose weight, I'd be like, yeah, let's celebrate with food. And that's uh, one of the things that I constantly kept doing, constantly keep sabotaging each other. And then, of course, when it came down to, uh, like, she's... Keeping me from doing the things that I got to do. Um, there was many different uh, things we went to. We went to tried all sorts of different things. We tried different uh, food plans. We tried different uh, things like you know the thing where they they make the meal for you and they bring it to you. Um, I remember once uh, in the flut and the food sucked. I mean, I did not like it. It was not to my liking. But I remember her trying it and she was I don't like the food. I don't like it. And I remember eating. All three, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, eating my breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and her breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And it sucked. And I was like, yuck, this tastes horrible. And I finished the whole thing for the first meal. And that's just the way I roll. Um, I have this hole in my soul that I keep trying to constantly fill with stuff. And it's never enough. Never enough. It's never enough. Um, There was no cure, if you see what I'm saying here. Um, So with that said, I ended up divorcing my wife. Um, and, uh, of course saying it was her fault. It was her fault. I, I was doing this. And, and you know what? I, I, people would, uh, I'd have those moments of clarity when somebody would say, dude, you left her. And I was like, what? Oh, I was sitting there feeling sorry for myself and being upset. Oh, my wife left me and she, I left her. I I, I I cheated on her. I treated her horribly. I treated all my family horribly. I pushed my friends and my family away. And I came home and I ate and did other substances and things like that. Just generally trying to kill myself. Destroy my life. I wanted to die. And it was one of those things. um, I needed a solution. I didn't understand. Um, Actually... I remember for other items, I tried the other program uh, for uh, drinking and uh, drugs and stuff like that. And I I tried that one because I I was needing a solution because uh, I was just not healthy. I thought I wasn't healthy. Um, And I remember uh, getting through that and doing that and I was able to not drink and not do those things. And I was like, ah, this thing works. Um, but you're not going to take away my food. You know, this is the thing that I, this, this is my friend. This is my, my comfort. I need my comfort. I need these things. I need these things. It keeps me warm. It keeps me, you know, it's the thing that I love. And, you know, it's, it's like my lover, you know, and I realized, um, from coming into program, um, that it's not my lover. It's just food it's just food it doesn't have some sort of thing it doesn't it doesn't call to me it doesn't talk to me it is uh i i am projecting that the food is calling to me i am projecting that voice onto the food because i am looking to sabotage myself um now i knew from other programs that uh a power greater than myself can help um eliminate this uh bondage of self so that i will not uh pounce on the food like I always do, but I have to be willing to let certain things go, willing to put the food down. I remember in the other program, I remember um, pouncing on food immediately while we were reading the big book, with my other sponsor, and, uh, and uh, I remember trying to lick the plate of after I finished my meal, and he said, grab the plate, and we're struggling for it, and he says, you might want to go into a program for other things, for the things that are killing you. And I was able to hear what he was saying there. And I put down the plate and I said, you're right. And, um, I came into the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous on November, uh, 1st, 2008. And, um, tried to just come in. I thought I was slick, come in, get some, um, literature and leave. That was the thing that I was going to do. Um, but, uh, they didn't have any literature so i had to go to another meeting and at that other meeting i came in looking for some literature to take and leave with and i ended up leaving with a sponsor didn't want to do it i didn't want to do it but you know he must have known what he was talking about he's a thin guy he could teach me how to be thin um i didn't know he was anorexic <laughs> But he was in anorexic and recovery and uh he broke it down to me. He talked to me and he just said, Hey, you have to understand. And he told me his story and, and we had the same kind of crazy, he and I. You know what I mean? And he said, We it doesn't matter if you're anorexic, it doesn't matter if you're exercise bulimic, it doesn't matter, whatever your thing is. The reason that we're in here is because um we have this disease of mind, body, and spirit that um it messes with our food. It messes with our mind, we get that phenomenon of craving, we get that obsession. Because, you know, me and him might have similar things as certain obsessional points, like I might want to weigh myself in every single room, constantly every day. So I had to limit that kind of behavior. Um, thank goodness for my sponsor pointing that out. I had to get a nutritionist, got myself a nutritionist and got a food plan, and followed that food plan. Um, I took his suggestions and recommendations very seriously. He told me get people's numbers and then I would go uh, reluctantly ask people for their numbers. I'd get the numbers. I'd say, I got the numbers. And he said, now you got to call those people. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. But I would just say yes. Always just say yes. And from just saying yes, um, do service. Uh, okay. I don't want to do it, but I'll do it. The main point is there was so many things. Cause I knew that the 300 pounds was waiting for me there, and I could go to that anytime I wanted. Um, you know, no food could be so yummy that I want to destroy my abstinence. Um, I got abstinent on July 1st, um, 2009 uh, notice. Now, if I came in in 2008, and in 2009, there was a lot of messing around, a lot of shenanigans, a lot of rationalizations to myself, trying to explain to my sponsor, like, how I had lemon meringue pie, and that it was a fruit. And he was like, no, it's not. And I was like, and I was able to hear him and say, okay, let's do this again. Let's try this again. And uh, just because I I didn't want to do this. Believe me, I did not want to be in program. I I just thought, come in, get some literature, read some stuff. Then I'm going to lose weight, get a girlfriend, and I'll be great. And I'll never have to come in here again. Uh, Not so much. What I ended up doing is doing the step work getting a power greater than myself which i thought i already had from the other program but alas i learned that the credits don't transfer over i thought at least half measures should avail me half not so much i have to go in and go all in on this even if i'm coming in and and i recommend this for anyone even if you're coming in um there was a thing uh in the in the in the big book that says uh If you honestly, you know, they they took out the honestly part. Like you didn't have to come in and honestly want to get abstinent. You didn't have to want that. You could just come in with all sorts of surreptitious reasons. Like I'm coming in to just, you know, pick up a girl or, you know, coming in to, to get, do this thing or surreptitious thing. And what you end up finding out is from whatever shenanigans you were planning, you come in here, you do the work diligently and rigorously and honestly Honestly, then you start learning the truth about yourself. I learned the truth about myself that I'm a liar and I'm up to shenanigans and I'm trying to constantly con my way around things, trying to find the shortcut. My mom always used to say, you know, you're always like you're spending so much time trying to figure out a way around this and instead of just doing the work. Sounds like a lot of teachers that I had, too. Now I'm a school teacher and I hear students doing the same shenaniganery. hmm you can't BS a BSer. Game recognizes game. So, that's what makes me pretty qualified when uh, the shenanigans that I tried to put my sponsor through, and then, you know, it always revisits you. You know when your parents go, huh? Ah, you should have a kid that's just like you. Same thing with sponsees. I would be like, my sponsor would be like, "Huh, you see, you're going to get a sponsee just like you. And it happened many, many times. Many, many times. And I've seen sponsees and sponsors come and go um i've seen uh sponsees go out i've seen sponsors go out i've seen all these different things and no matter what stayed absent through that thing because um i don't have to it's just between me and my higher power my sponsor's job is to get me through the step work so he could put my hand in my higher power's hand and that's going to give me the the power and the strength to be able to do the work so you know follow my food plan, stay abstinent, to do things like minimal exercise. I'd like to do more, you know, all these different things that helped me lose the weight. And then seriously, I wasn't even focusing on that. I was just focusing on doing the step work. You focus on doing the step work and the food's not as important. Doing the work, doing the service, getting involved, doing these things, especially now, especially now in this time of COVID. And I'll tell you, I ended up catching COVID in March. That was no joking. It was all sorts of messed up, but I still went to meetings. I still did this thing and I was able to get through that. Trust me on this one. Anything, any symptoms I had, nothing was worse than losing the sense of taste and smell and not knowing how long that was going to last. I thought like, Oh, my life is over. I'm going to throw myself out of a window. But the main point is I didn't do it. I just stuck around and just kept doing the work and I got better. My sense of taste and smell came back. I was able to get through this. Now I have antibodies. I was able to give antibodies a couple of times and it, it's good stuff. You know, I get to survive and I will level with you. I got to survive because I've been doing this program and do being more healthy. I remember going back, uh, for a checkup with that same doctor, um, for the C, the sleep apnea and stuff like that. When I went in in that big blue line line and it's like in the big book, I went to go see him and he's like, I don't even recognize who you are. I don't recognize you facially. I don't recognize who you are, but I knew that you were here and I knew that you were a complete hot mess and you're a totally different person now. I remember doing my amends and going back to my ex-wife who we are now friends, close friends. I make meals for her. Um, She's been like, you know, I've been able to, like, just tell her that I have really do heart-to-heart amends, that I've changed from my behaviors, and I don't do those things anymore. I'm just not up to those shenanigans anymore. And she, we were both crying, I tell you. And it was just basically, she tells me, like, not only have I seen you change physically, but I've seen you change mentally. I've seen you change spiritually. Here, here. And this is what this is all about. These are the things your higher power changes you and not even with your permission, you just come in here and you do that work. You do it. Honestly, you get to be of service and you do these things. And by doing these things, you're going to stop. You're going to start forgetting. Like, you know what? I used to have be chasing the next piece of food, next piece of food, next piece of food. Now, not so much. I'm thinking about like, am I working with my sponsees? I'm doing these things. And I'll tell you one thing, quick precautionary tale. Um, I've worked, I've had friends uh, and relatives that have had their legs amputated literally um, from diabetes. This stuff is killer. I've known friends that have gone blind from this disease. Um, I've had sponsees that went out and died. I've had sponsees that they've died in program doing their thing, and their friends and other people in program called me to they were i was the go-to person and i got to go into the hospital when they had just passed away and their body was there dead and their friends came in and their family came in and said what do we do what do we do and only through doing program only through the things i've learned in the rooms of Overeaters anonymous learning to suit up and show up and do the thing i just said let's take her hand let's all form a circle Let's have a meeting right now. Let's have a conversation with her right now. Let's say what she meant to us right now. And to do that thing, we did serenity prayer. We went all the way around. We did gratitude. We pretty much did a meeting with her in the room. We were all in program, so that was like an amazing. thing. it really and and it really helped the people and helped me. And it just shows that this program works. It puts us closer to a relationship greater than art thank you so much um and that's the thing that it did it gave me this relationship with power greater than myself which i personally like to call god um before i used to think god hated me i thought well god would smite me for my behaviors and things that i thought and did but then what i learned is that i'm only human by well, going through that fifth step and, and being able to turn over these things things that i thought that i would take to the grave and not so much i told my sponsor these things and he looked at me and said you know, I've been through those things. I've done those things. i felt those things. And you're not a bad person. You're a sick person. And you can get well. You could do this thing. And this it, it, it cured this spiritual malady. A day at a time. We're not cured by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, I think in the 12 and 12, it says that repetition, I don't know if it's the AA 12 and 12 or the OA 12 and 12, repetition is the only form of permanence that we have from doing this again and again. Whatever kept you abstinent yesterday, do it again. Just do. You don't know which thing that you did that kept you abstinent. Do them all again. Call people. Go to meetings. Get involved. You have no excuse. We're on the. It's the internet. You could catch a meeting anytime. Catch a meeting in Hawaii, whatever the time zone is. Catch a meeting in Japan, wherever the time zone is. And I'll tell you, I've traveled all over the world and stayed abstinent. I went out to Japan. I caught meetings out there. I went to Canada. Caught meetings out there. I went to paris france caught meetings out there i went to meetings that i didn't even understand what people were saying but they used to pull me over and everybody wanted to practice their english on me and they said uh you know what we have we have we might not speak the same language but we speak the language of the heart and i was just like you're right on that one because we all have similar problems but we all have one similar solution and that solution is in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous that steps and in the OA 12 and 12 and all the literature and in, 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 in Overeaters Anonymous that stuff yeah alright I see you. and that's the stuff you know people are fallible sponsors are fallible I am fallible this book is not fallible if you're doing it the way it is and you're seeking it the way it is you're going to get my sponsors used to say do what I do if you want what I got, you do what I do, you'll get what I got. And by doing that, it's all about that recovery. And like I said, I've seen a lot of people die. More people dying than, uh, you know, especially in this time of COVID. I've had to uh, do like uh, these like Zoom meeting funerals and it's not fun. It's not fun. But you know what? People are going to die. People will always die. We die. We're temporary people. But you have to think about what condition do you want to go? No, a recovered person or not. I think about it sometimes. I think like if I'm going to go out there and I was like, if I'm going to die, I have a whole list of all these things I'm going to have. I'm like, you know, no, nah, not so much. Not so much. The streets are watching. They always say um, the main point is we're all out there. And my goal is to stay absent. I keep helping another sick and suffering person because that's my goal. Anytime that I had, Extra from this, from being in the rooms and the, any recovery I've got, it is of service, to be of service to my higher power and the fellows of, of Overeaters Anonymous. And I get to do, be a better family member. I get to be a better worker at school. I get to be a better teacher. I get to be a better everything. And that's all I learned in the rooms. So, I hope this uh, answers all the questions and stuff like that. I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be of service. Uh, My higher power, uh, my sponsors, uh, my sponsees, Hey, thank you. Enough said. I'm grateful.